Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another All In Crypto podcast. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Jesse Whiteside, the business development head over at Hashport. Welcome on board, Jesse. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks very much for having us. Yeah, and me and you have had quite a few conversations off camera. Um, yeah. And we'd kind of come together and said, look, wouldn't it be great to get some of these conversations on camera and out there in public? <laughs> yeah. Uh, certainly when it comes to things that we've spoken about, we spoke about loads of things, but things like Hedera, you know, what's going on with this industry in general, uh, and of course, Hashport. So hopefully we can dive into some of those things today. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. I always like to start with my guests uh, with a little bit about themselves uh, and how you kind of got into the crypto space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um my story uh, might not be too dissimilar from from many other folks uh, that have found them, themselves uh, in the Web3 space. Uh, I came from the traditional finance world, um, was an advisor for, for quite a few years on and off um, and have seen, you know, obviously a lot of the, the things that, that many people are facing out there currently, um, you know, went through the, the 2008 market cycle as well, just <laughs> fresh out of school as a as a. Uh, junior advisor and got to see firsthand some of the things that uh, have been going on in the space uh, of, of the traditional finance world. Um, and, you know, on and off throughout the years had uh, sort of seen uh, and heard of Bitcoin and started to look at it, uh, you know, much like many other people picked it up, looked at it, thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe this, uh, there's something to this, but maybe not put it back down and picked it up a few more times. And then around, you know, 2017, um, really started to to pay attention to what was happening and actually decided to read the papers and, and look into things. And uh, about that time as well, also came across uh, Hedera and the, the Hashgraph consensus algorithm. Um, and up until that point, I hadn't seen the the performance and robustness of of ledgers that made me think that the, it was a viable solution but when i read um the hedera white paper it, it it changed my mind on that and so over the next several years uh found my way into the space full time and and you know now obviously here uh, as a permanent fixture yeah i always always say people getting into crypto there's such an eclectic group of people that are in in this space and they've all got weird and wonderful backgrounds like mine is dentistry for example um it, it's always kind of like i think getting into a swimming pool people often dip their toe they might dip it a couple more times and then they fully submerge themselves i think a lot of us kind of uh end up here um in a similar kind of uh manner um what sort of time was this when you were looking into crypto you know you mentioned Bitcoin, and then you stumbled upon Hedera at the same time. Because a lot of people don't know that Hedera has actually been a, uh, it's not a new thing uh, in regards to the kind of span of crypto's life. What? When did you first kind of come across Hedera? Right around the time that the the uh, white paper was released. It, um, uh, the, there's quite a few different videos on there. Uh, Mike Baloney on, on uh, YouTube is yep. typically a, a, a gateway for a lot of people. Um, I came across that as well as uh, Dimitri Kofinas um, and his Hidden Forces uh, show. Um, and, you know, that coupled with just my own research had had kind of brought me to to understand the the potential of these networks, particularly particularly Hedera or, or the Hashgraph consensus algorithm. Um, and so I was basically sold at that point 
um, because uh, the math all <laughs> checked out essentially, literally uh, checked out. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was around 2017. Um, uh, but like I said before, you know, as early as, you know, 2011, 2012, looking at, at uh, Bitcoin and trying to understand, you know, what the, the media had, had put out there at the time about it, um, doesn't give obviously a fair or accurate representation, especially in the early days about what it was. So, you know, if you don't understand, um, fundamentally what it represented you have a, you kind of have a, a, a distortion field of of information to get across to to understand what distributed ledgers value holds for society at large and it just takes some time and i think your analogy of dipping dipping the toe in the pools is apt because that's you know people typically uh, it takes a few interactions or encounters with it before they're like hang on there's there's something more here than just um you know what everyone else is is trying to tell me yeah, and and if we can maybe just touch on that, um, you know, what's really going on on here, and understanding the kind of values that 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 I don't want to use the word blockchain because of course Hadera is a DAG, but crypto, what 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 kind of values and um, what's really going on here? Maybe if we can tap into that a little bit more before we dive into what attracted you to Hadera um, and and some of the unique properties that you saw with it in adversary with kind of sort of the lineal blockchains so what do you really think is going on here with, with with crypto you know what is it offering humanity yeah i mean at the end of the day i mean there's the saying don't trust verify um which which um you know is a, a sort of a calling card of of the web3 space um i would say that it, it all does boil down to verifying the trust <laughs> at the end of the day it is it is also about trust but it's also about being able to actually authenticate that what you're seeing you you can trust and so i think that is sort of providing the the bedrock or background foundation to you know building new um either use cases or or reinventing um existing ones in such a way that the the structure um you can trust it and you you can understand it and i think that's what that tends to have a lot of people gravitate towards this space is that they once you understand that these these new technological advancements are legitimate and and they do actually do what they say that they can do there are a lot of things that you can you, you can build that are of, of value not only just monetarily but but societally um, and I think that's what attracts a, a lot of people. I mean, obviously, there's lots of different reasons for getting into the space. Um, but I think fundamentally, as you know, a society or globally, um, they hold the promise of um, being able to to trust what you're you're seeing, reading, hearing, um, not just just from a, a financial standpoint. And I think as as time goes on, especially with the advent of AI and machine learning and, and all these things that are coming out, that is going to become even more and more pressing for us to to figure that out and make sure that, that we can do that um, because you know just deep fakes and different things and all not, not to get too carried away right off the bat but that that sort of thing is coming and we need solutions to those problems and I think that's what what distributed ledgers the power of them hold for, for society at large yeah you, you'd think trust would kind of be a given you know we should have trust right but in today's society it seems to be something that's you know if we had a graph of you know how much you can trust it's kind of nose diving and, and all of a sudden you've got um really what i suppose satoshi materialized but was probably a concept 
uh, way back. I know Lehman talks a lot about um, how Hedera is actually built on an older kind of consensus for a block for a for a kind of uh, cryptographic vehicle. I, I know we can maybe dive into that um, a, a, a little bit later, but yeah, sure. it is, it's it's very very interesting as well. You mentioned AI. I think a lot of people haven't even thought about what happens when AI meets the crypto world. You know, I, I've played around a lot on ChatGPT, um, and you can literally code up an entire website. So what happens when you can do that with smart contracts or, like you say, with deep fakes? We know, obviously, WorldCoin. I can hear the booze um, from a mile away bringing that up. But the, what they're actually trying to do, not that I'm a particular fan of it, is quite a real problem that they're trying to solve. And that is how do you authenticate somebody's identity in a world where perhaps deep fakes, we've seen lots of funny ones where I think Henry Kissinger got uh, caught out on one and spoke about some really sensitive information that you probably shouldn't have. Um, it, it, it's a fascinating world that we're moving towards. And, and blockchain, DAGs, crypto definitely has a role um, in all that. So when you're sort of going through your journey of crypto, Bitcoin, you stumble uh, across Ethereum, and it starts to make sense. Of course, Ethereum was out at the time then. You had a lot of other coins a lot of them don't exist, or they they exist, but on a, a, a way smaller scale than what they did in 2017. What actually stood out to you about Hedera? What what made you think, wow, Hedera? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, as I was talking about earlier, I think um, performance and and security uh, of of these networks is uh, of the utmost importance, and so reading that paper um you know understanding that hedera is um actually not a, a blockchain but it's something called a hashgraph um and hashgraph and all hashgraph consensus algorithms aren't created equally but um the one that that dr baird solved for um was very very robust and and performant in such a way that um, there are unique properties for the Hedera public network and, and for this hashgraph consensus algorithm that um, just aren't aren't readily present with with other ledgers. And so the big thing is, you know, transactions on Hedera or on the hashgraph consensus can settle with 100% finality. So when they do settle, there's no probabilistic finality for those transactions. They are settled and they're they are 100% immutable on ledger. Um, that's incredibly important, obviously, um, and especially when you're trying to build, you know, fast-moving use cases that may require understanding, like with immediacy, that something is the way the, the way the ledger says it is, um, and not having to wait for a certain number of, of block confirmations, etc. Um, one of the other big things. Let, is, let's maybe just yeah, explore yeah. that a little bit more, um, because I think yeah. that people don't quite. And this is something. I mean, I've been really diving down the. Uh, Hedera rabbit hole since I've been talking to you. Um, some of the stuff we've spoken about that we'll, we'll talk about on camera uh, that we've already spoken about off camera, it's made a lot of sense. Um, and you get all these unique properties that a Hashgraph can offer you. And we'll get yeah. into maybe the difference between, am I okay to call it a DAG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Otherwise known as a directed acyclic graph for anyone who wants a mouthful. Yeah, they, um, a, a mouthful yeah. indeed. Yeah, there's many yeah. uh, there, there's many unique properties that a DAG offers that a layer one sort of uh, linear blockchain simply can't. And one of these things is finality. So yep. to kind of expand on that and, and give a practical example, and you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, mm. what, what that essentially means is that when you send something or you do something or you execute something, it's instant. It happens then, which is... Yeah, so... 
Yeah. So time to consensus is roughly right now anywhere from three to five seconds. I believe they actually just pushed a um, update to the network not too long ago, which which I always love when they do that, where yep. um, the transactional volume on the network, I mean, since January has been anywhere from 500 to 1500 transactions a second. Um, and by the way, that is more than every other blockchain or ledger combined in terms of transactional volume. Um, and, and they're, they're doing that. And that's just coming from, from a few, few use cases. But, um, all that to say, when they push the update, even with that transactional volume, th they reduced, uh, the time to consensus by, I believe, something like 30% by improving the, the, the consensus algorithm. And they're continuing to, to do performance improvements on it. But, um, uh, it's anywhere from three to five seconds. And then it's, it's totally, totally immutable. Wow. And, and if you compare that against other blockchains, First of all, like you say, they couldn't handle that sort of a transaction load. And for them to be sort of getting finalized in that kind of a time period, you know, this this is where um, I can really see DAGs excelling over these other blockchain type distributed ledgers because there are a list, and we're, we're going to explore quite a few of them during this interview, of really yep. unique benefits um, that they offer. So, so you mentioned finality. Was there anything else yep. that stood out to you? Uh, yeah, there's there's quite a few. There's things. a lot, yeah. Um, just just so there is, but we'll yeah, we'll just just um, um the other big thing that Hedera does um is fairness of ordering, and this is something that really hasn't come to the forefront in in the space yet as being that important. And I think by and large it has been left off of the conversation around the trilemma, um and and for good reason because no other network solves for fairness of ordering. And no one, because of that, they just don't even they don't even bother to talk about the fact that um, you know there are um, ways to to jump the queue, so to speak, with with most other networks and prioritize transactions if you would like to pay more to a to a miner or a node. Um, with Adara, that that's and and the Hashrock consensus algorithm, that's not the case. So every every transaction is logged immutably with one hundred percent finality as it is received. Um, and they've, they've got a whole bunch, I won't get into the, the technical details, but a whole bunch of ways to make sure that there's no collisions, et cetera. Um, and th they can actually parse through that, which is incredibly important. You know, when you're thinking of at scale global use cases one day, potentially running with who knows, you know, how many billions or trillions of dollars flowing through them, um, you're going to want to make sure that the system is fair, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's kind of. That goes that goes sort of hand in hand with don't trust verify and, and being able to trust the network. You need to be able to trust that things are going to be conducted in a way that that everyone understands in a um, fair manner. Yeah, absolutely. In, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a fair manner, and so Hedera is one of the only ones that does that. It's also one of the only ledgers that I know of that is something called uh, asynchronous Byzantine fault tolerant um, (ABFT) for short. Uh, just think of it as basically the gold standard for security of a distributed ledger. You can't really get better um, security promises from a distributed ledger than ABFT. And so Hedera is one of the only networks in existence right now that that is legitimately ABFT. Most other networks um, can't even promise that they're BFT, Byzantine fault tolerant, let alone asynchronously done. And so um, that's that's another thing that, that really sets it apart. Now, <laughs> you know, we we're talking about these things, and there's all these these acronyms and, and jargon flying around. That is some of the 
I think, issue that has, has come up with people really fully understanding the magnitude of what Hedera can do is there, you know, people are trying to get their heads around distributed ledgers, Web3, and the word blockchain, right? And understanding what a blockchain is. Then you throw a completely different consensus architecture in the mix with a whole bunch of crazy different properties that are like otherworldly when it comes to, to Web3. And you, you, you know, you have a recipe for people sort of scratching their heads and, and you lose people. It, yeah. You lose, you lose people. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're to boil it down, Hedera and the Hashgraph consensus algorithm is comp- incredibly fast, incredibly secure, fairly ordered, um, incredibly energy efficient. So it's actually, I believe it's, it's one of the most, if not the most energy efficient ledger in the world, uh, distributed ledger that is, um, you know, I think uh, UCL College, uh, University College London did a report on it. Um, and and Hedera's, I think, uh, far ahead of even the, the second closest network, which I believe is BNB chain. Um, yeah, could be Algorand. Yeah. For, 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 you know, or it could be Algorand. There, there is a, a chart um, that you could you could probably find after that that actually shows all that. But, um, you know, they, they looked at it and I think it's, to run the network for for a year, the energy cost is something like that of a single family dwelling. Wow! Right, that's wow. That. and 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 actually, it's so energy efficient that Hedera buys uh, offset credits to make the network uh, carbon negative. So it's not only carbon neutral; it's it, it they're actually taking <laughs> or at least buying credits to take um, to to take uh, carbon uh, out of the atmosphere. So. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just it's got a lot going for it. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot going for it, and because of that, um, it, one of one of the the sort of um, last things outside, like from a technical perspective, that that has been decided to be done, which is very very forward thinking, that I don't think many other networks have, have also grasped, is most of the network fees are um, pegged to USD. In fact, all of them are pegged to USD, and because of that. Um, you can, as a as a business or an organization coming into Web three or distributed ledgers, trying to figure out how you're going to to do things, you can actually budget. You can budget how much you have to build a use case out and to run and operate a use case, and you can know how many transactions you're going to get on the network because it's pegged to USD as opposed to pegged to the token price. Most of the other networks, I, I'm not sure of uh, any other network out there that does peg to USD as well, but most of the other networks peg to their token price. So. Yep. And it, it's all fine and well to build a, a POC or a use case in a bear when the token prices are depressed. But what happens in a bull when, um, you know, the token prices, uh, you know, maybe sometimes 10 or even 100x, uh, well, then your budget is completely thrown out of whack and, and you can't feasibly run run that. Now, obviously, there's ways of getting around that in terms of like L2s and ZKs and roll-up solutions and different things like that. But um that's still you're still sacrificing things when you do when you do those sorts of things. You're you're sacrificing security or some other thing to attain those 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 reduced prices or fees to, to operate on the network. And so yeah, at the end of the day, when you when you look at Hedera as, as on the balance of the whole with all of the properties that, that it is offering natively as basically an L1, or even you could argue it it, it is in a way an L0. Um it the the breadth of use cases that can be developed with these tools and functionalities is is far and away outside of the scope of just simply uh, f- financial. 
there are so many different use cases we can we can touch on on some yeah, of those. Yeah, for sure. But, um, I, I think when you have that kind of pliability and and functionality and performance out of a distributed ledger, good things will happen over time as people start to more and more people start to interact and develop around it and and figure out some great use cases. Right. Yeah. I mean, granted, the, the, the entire space is is searching for that, but I think Hedera's unique value proposition lends itself to creativity. Um, and entrepreneurialism that that we just haven't even seen yet. That's going to start, um, um, you know, coming out the gate. Yeah, Hedera is fit for purpose. That's one thing I like to call it. You know, it's absolutely. It, it's absolutely fit for purpose. You mentioned layer ones, layer twos. With a lot of layer twos, it's kind of like you're solving a problem with a potential problem. I feel, and we've seen that in the form of lots of hacks and 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 issues that we've going back and forth. Where as Hedera, due to its DAG. And maybe this is really unfair to say, but it's almost like a layer one and a layer two. It's almost like a layer one with layer twos natively built into it um, because of the difference. And we can maybe dive into yeah. that a little bit more in regards to a DAG. Maybe that's not the right way to, to Well, turn no, and in, 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 in you're not wrong. And I, I think the Hedera network hasn't got there yet. But one of one of Dr. Baird's uh, visions for this is that anyone could basically carve out a piece of cyberspace for themselves. Anyone could create their own ledger or private network that's what one of the other big functionalities for hedera is you know via its consensus service it's called the hedera consensus service which by the way um as hashport um, we leverage um yep. ourselves through through our validator set we have we have nine validating members i um, mean we can get into that a bit later but we leverage the, the hedera consensus service um and the consensus service is, is incredibly flexible in, in its application. And so you can run a private implementation of Hashgraph or the ledger because Hedera is open source. It's been open source, I believe, now for, for two years, uh, Apache 2.0 license, I believe. And so anyone could spin up their own private implementation if they wanted to. And so when we talk about all these properties and we look at all these organizations and how beneficial you know, a, a ledger such as Hedera is, well, if you're running your private implementation of it and you can keep all of your client data private, you can you can only release what you want, but then you can plug into Hedera's consensus service. It's a pluggable consensus. So if you want to plug into the public ledger, the Hedera public network, and leverage the consensus service to submit data to verify whatever data you might have to, to for for you know pu the public to everyone to see and understand and verify yes they are doing actually what they are but also bifurcating and not having to put you know all of your details out there on the public ledger you can do that so it's incredibly it's incredibly powerful in the sense that to your point about about you know l2 it's an l1 and an l2 it kind of is in the sense that eventually everyone will be able to, to create their own little mini l2 that's local and when they do that, the performance goes even even higher, right? I know of I know of private implementations that are, and I won't I won't speak their details, but I know of private implementations that are doing some really amazing things that they're doing locally, million like over a million TPS with like thirty to fifty milliseconds of latency, and they can plug into the consensus service for the, the components that they need at the end of the day for that use case. It might not be running directly on, on, on the ledger on Hedera proper, but they can log the data that they need to log while getting the performance locally that they need to get. And, and it all just works seamlessly. 
And so I think that's what we will start to see over time. Once people figure out what, you know, Hashgraph is and all the, the, the valuable properties that it holds and everything, they'll start creating their own private implementations and then they'll plug into the, the consensus service. And I mean, that consensus service is so, so powerful that like other ledgers could technically use yep. or plug into the consensus service to, to be able to do certain things that they want to do, or they could leverage it even as a consensus mechanism if they wanted to. I mean, we were talking about this, this earlier. Um, I, I view Hedera as, you know, if you're going to build an L2, given all the properties Hedera has, I would view, and I was going to trust an L2 or a side chain or a roll up or anything. I would trust the properties that Hedera is offering for the ledger over, you know, any other any other ledger out there, just because of the the inherent security and functionality that it, that it holds. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that is the next step is really you know getting organizations, institutions, anyone and everyone, you know, the, once they understand it, devs, they can they can spin these up and, and try them. I think there's going to be some incredibly powerful use cases that come out of it that aren't even being thought of or talked of right now, that people aren't even aware that we needed. Um, because by and large, a lot of what DLTs and, and Web3 does, it's going to be, as much as we'd like to market it and promote it and, and push it out there, a lot of the use cases and value are going to be behind the scenes. Yep. Right. And it's the Absolutely. same way like we're talking we're talking on here right now. Uh, I don't know what machine you're on. You don't know what I'm on, what operating system. But we're both on a, a communal software platform that allows us to to communicate right now. And it's going to be the exact same thing with distributed ledgers over time, um, much in the same way like what we're, we're doing with Hashport. Right. To be able to have ledgers communicate between one another, be able to move assets to and from. And so with Hashport, we are the bridge that connects uh, Hedera to the broader DLT space. Um, we're connected to, I believe it's up to, to 10 other uh, EVM compatible networks currently, um, which allows for assets from those networks to flow freely onto Hedera and or for applications that are that are being built on Hedera to have their assets moved onto other ledgers and, and into other ecosystems and communities. And that's really what it's it's all about at the end of the day is is that interconnectedness. It, it, it's going to become more and more important as time goes on, um, and we can get in more in, into the details of of Hashport and what makes it unique um, as we keep talking about things. But yeah, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Like L2s um, over time, people are going to experiment privately with them, and it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, Hedera's sort of consensus service. We spoke about Toco um, yep. a little bit off camera, which is a tokenization platform that is uh, DLA Piper. I think I'm saying that right, is yep. behind it. They use the consensus service. You guys use the consensus service. This is a whole another element of Hedera that I don't think people have even started really, unless you're in the know like you are, uh, exploring. Uh, and, and, and just before, I want to take us back a bit to sure. the DAG, but just before I do yeah. that, how does Hedera itself actually benefit from the consensus service? Is there any underlying benefit to the Hedera network um, through people taking it and spinning up their own localized kind of networks, and, or is it only if they feed the verification back into the consensus? Yeah, it would be it would be that they they feed the verification back into the consensus service. I mean, if someone's running a, a local implementation, then, yep. then they're more than welcome to to do that. I think at the end of the day, it's more the proliferation of an awareness and use of the the, the 
uh, consensus algorithm that people, the light bulbs will start to go off. Oh, hang on. I could do this with this. This, this actually can enable me to do this thing that I've wanted to do. Great. Well, then they're off to the races, right? And, 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 you know, once we get, you know, the same kind of contingent of developers that are aware of the functionalities and features of what Adara can do that, you know, the, um, there currently is in, in other, uh, you know, parts of the space. And that's another reason why, you know, Hedera's moved towards having full EVM compatibility or equivalence, I should say. And so over time, all the, the solidity developers that are out there, um, they can simply migrate their code just as they would to any other EVM compatible network or, or equivalent network with all of the same tools, features, and functionalities. But then they're doing it on, on a ledger that gives them all of these other unique properties, such as fairness of ordering and, and ABFT and, and energy efficiency, et cetera. And so I think there's the long end of the tail that, that will happen over time um, that people will come around to all of these incredible features and functionalities of, of the network uh, that lend themselves very, very well to creating at scale use cases that, that are viable. Not only that, 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 you know, yeah, you could run it, but is it, vi is it an actual viable operation or business or, or feature functionality that you can, you can do? I think for a lot of other ledgers, that proposition at scale is going to be, <laughs> become very, very difficult. Um, and so I like at the end of the day, I, I think that a lot of, of, um, use cases end up running on, on a, whether it's a dare or not, I, I can't, can't speak to you, but will run on a, some version of a hashgraph uh, consensus layer. Yep, I've got a pretty good feeling about that as well. I mean, I was I was talking to someone about um, the capitulation of chains through things like funding or the technology doesn't quite stack up. You know, what are they going to do? It's very likely that they're going to migrate to things like Hedera um, that already have solved a lot of the problems that many of these chains are likely going to face in the future. I want to take us back a bit and actually talk about yep. Hedera's consensus itself, which is, of course, the Hashgraph, the DAG. Yep. What is a DAG? Let's just let's just explore that, first of all. Yeah, yeah. You put me on the spot, so I'm going to have to yeah. uh, ho ho hopefully I, I, I do it service. Um, so DAG, otherwise known as a, a direct acyclic graph, um, it is a type of consensus service that is... Um, different than your typical blockchain. A blockchain is just a sequence of blocks all strung together in, in a chain, basically, hence blockchain, right? With a DAG, um, the consensus isn't um, as linear as that. Um, basically, there's something um, that else that is going on that is called uh, gossip about gossip. And so basically, what you have with uh, the Hashgraph consensus is every transaction comes with two little hashes. One of what uh, the last message that someone just sent to that 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 node received, and a message of what the current node is sending along um, to to the next node. And by doing that, um, you basically have something called virtual voting. And so by by sending those two tiny hashes along with the transaction, you are able to, or at least the the receiving end of the um, uh, transaction, is able to deduce how everyone else would have voted should they have conducted a real physical vote because they have a basically a chronological history of of all these these transactions so they could piece things together 
and it's a vi- it's extremely lo- extremely extremely low overhead in terms of the data that's required to do that and as a result of that that's how you get the the performant nature of the network in terms of of the transactional volume as well as uh, time to finality and, and and all those other things um, I mean, right now the network is, they've currently intentionally throttled the network to 10,000 transactions a second. Obviously, they're not there yet in terms of the, the volume needing to remove that, that, that artificial bottleneck, um, or, or at least, uh, throttle. Uh, but I mean, Lehman's already talked about that, that, you know, there are use cases out there that are developing and things where they will butt up against that in, over, over the next several years. Um, and I have no doubt that that they will. I mean, uh, the other very interesting thing about the network, uh, because it's ABFT and because of um, the consensus algorithm, et cetera, they can shard the network. So they can create different geographic regions or 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 implementations uh, of of the ledger. And because they um, each shard, is runs the consensus the the hashcap consensus algorithm is abft fairly ordered etc cetera, etc cetera. all of those features and functionalities will pass across between the shards so inter-shard communication will become possible while maintaining abft while maintaining fairness of ordering while maintaining all of these things and that's what i believe the team at swirls and and hedera are working on right now is being able to to eventually do that and so what that means is even if you run up against, um, you know, whether it's an artificial throttle or not, and you know, say they they increase it even more, but even say they were running, you know, at 50, 60, 100,000 transactions on a single shard, well, they can run as many shards as they need, which means the network can scale, and it can scale to millions, billions, who knows how many transactions in the future that that you might need to run, and that's where things get very, very interesting. I mean, they they start to get interesting even at the at the 10,000 transactions a second mark, if, if that, that is sustained, which I think, you know, even just a few use cases on the network right now are showing you can run, uh, you know, anywhere upwards to, to 1,500 transactions a second. I think sometimes the network's even spiked all the way up to near 10,000 a second, um, albeit briefly, but at the same time, it's there, right? They're just, yep. and, and I mean, the network's just sort of scratching the surface right now with use cases. And there's there's many, many use cases out there um, much of which I can't speak to, unfortunately, but of course, that, are being, sure. that, that, that are being built by, you know, governing council members, as well as members that, that are, you know, aren't even governing council members yet um, yeah. that, that are looking to do stuff. And so when you put all of that together, um, again, it's just the, the consensus layer is incredibly powerful. Yep. And, and, and I think, I think it, it, it differentiates itself. It takes, it takes time like we're doing right now to parse all those details and understand the the key the key differences but when you do i think people especially people in the space that that spend the time to understand it um they get the the, the powerful value proposition that, that the network presents and, and the algorithm itself i think hedera makes a lot of sense um you know the more and more i look into it we'll come on to the governing council next uh, because this <laughs> is i think for a lot of people um, a very misunderstood sort of section of Hedera, an important section because, you know, they, they, they run the consensus. Um, I think you were totally right about what you said about when you throw a dag into the crypto space, people are already trying to work out what's going on with blockchain and what's going on with smart contracts and layer twos and things like that. 
people just kind of switch off and go, oh, well, this is, you know, but if people take the time to, and they already have a good understanding of blockchain, uh, a linear kind of blockchain, and then they look at the DAGs and uh, hash graphs specifically, you kind of go, oh, wow, you know, you can only do this with this one system. And they're coming up with all these wonderful ways to sort of combat the problems that have uh, arising at this point, certainly as the space grows. You spoke about fees. There are other networks that do um, like prepaid fees, mm. but often yeah. not pegged in the dollar. There's still a sort of fluctuating mechanism there. I think that's great. Um, you spoke about fairness of ordering. I think a lot of people don't even realize that that's an issue, but it is. DAGs have a lot of benefits, certainly Hadira's Hashgraph. Um, and let's maybe move on to who consents this network. And what I mean by consents the network is who, who who's in charge of maintaining the network. So with Bitcoin, it's the miners. With um, Ethereum, it was the miners. It's now the state pool operators. With, with, with other many other uh, blockchains, it's the state pool operators. Who controls? Controls is not the right word. Who we can hit that nail on the head and get, get into that, that, that that's for sure as well um i mean the, the way the network is run right now um is by the hedera governing council and so uh, eventually that will be a 39 member council i believe currently we're at at 29 29 um, yeah i don't think we've i don't think we've crossed 30 yet but we might have um that, However, that, that sounds like you know who number thirty is. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Uh-huh. Um, I have my guesses, but yep. um, they are comprised of global leading organizations. So you know, Google, Boeing, Tata Communications, Dell, um, Nomura, Dell Technologies. Uh, the list goes on and on, and um, they're joining the council. Um, to do a couple of things, um, and the council does offers a, a, a um, functionality that many people don't really pay again pay that much attention to. But it is it is important when you're building a distributed ledger, right? And so having these these incredibly well known organizations with large stature, um, large you know v- brand value, um, etc., um, does a couple of things. One. Um, they're they're putting their their you know um, uh, hat in the ring essentially with with doing this by joining the council. Um, they are publicly going out there and putting themselves out there um, while while supporting this network. And, and hats off to all of them who are, who have been forward thinking to to see the benefit of doing this and you know want to start uh, building um, and and ideating ideas with with the ledger and the power of it. Um, because of that, you have these well-known organizations that are all holding roughly an equal amount of stake of the network for their validator for, for their consensus node, um, and within within um, you know a certain banding, I believe that that Hedera allows for. Obviously, community members can currently um, place whatever their tokens are, their their amount of stake, because it is a proof of stake network as well. Um, they can put them to a, a certain validator. Um, and and they can fill up to a certain level, and then other validators would w- would need to be selected for that. But by and large, the the members that are currently there, they all have roughly equal equal stake within within a few percentage points. Because of that, the network is in and of itself quite decentralized. When you when you back up and you look at the context of what decentralized 
decentralization actually means. I mean, there are a lot of different ways to take it. Like, is it fully permissionless yet? No, it's it's not. I mean, the governing council is is controlling that currently. Is it completely centralized? No, it's it's not either because each of those those uh, council members with the stake, they're multi-signed to all the other nodes. You can't, they can't move their stake around. They can't do anything nefarious with it. They can't even collude with a group of of council members to do that. Nor would they want to, right? This goes back to the brand values and and the the um, you know the own risk that that these companies are taking. They're going to obviously want to act in the most upstanding manner. They're going to have the best interests of the network in mind when they're you know running their consensus node. Um, and and what they do, and so it looks like you got a question. You have a question? Yeah, no. J- j- just to jump in there, I was watching <laughs> a um, uh, is from Hadira's official channel, and it was Quarterly Homes, and um, the CEO was basically saying that whenever she mentions DLT, basically people go, "Oh, hang on, Sam Bankman Freed, FTX fraud, Dogecoin, <laughs> yeah. whatever," and she goes, yeah. she will literally show them the governing council, and people go, "Hang on." There's an there's an element of brand and trustability there with these governing and the governing council are playing a fundamental role, I think, in the adoption of Hadera. Um, and we'll come yeah. into that in just a second. But sorry to interrupt you there. Just just on your point about no. brand, brand image, you know, and, and, and why that's important. I think that, that's- well, that that plays into part of the security of the network while it is in the process of decentralizing. So there's a couple of other things to to sort of touch on in terms of the decentralization factor. One of the things that Hadera Hadera again very forward thinking about all this stuff has, has tried to do, you know, best practices across the board. And so when you're looking at that, one of the other risks that, that crops up is centralization risk of infrastructure. So meaning the, the servers that you're running on. So, you know, not going to name names, but like certain other networks will, you know, have the predominant majority of their, their consensus nodes or their, their, their miners, et cetera, on a particular infrastructure provider, whether that's AWS, GCP, et cetera, Hedera has taken the approach, uh, again, of decentralizing that as well. So there's only, I, I don't know the exact quota, but um, they have decentralized in the sense that only a certain number are allowed to be on AWS or GCP or Azure, et cetera. And then you have other members themselves running internal on their own infrastructure, their, their consensus node, which further decentralizes um, the, the network itself. Um, and then, you know, one of the other big misnomers, I think, um, is that the network will always remain um, semi-permissionless or, or permissioned, um, depending on, on how you want to look at it. I mean, Lehman has been very clear, Dr. Barrett has been very clear uh, for the longest time. You can go back a, a few years, I believe I sent you that video on our path to decentralization that, that, that they put out. And, you know, the entire idea of the council was to think of it as a scaffold because if you you develop a governing council that is decentralized in nature that is multi-signed to one another so you can't do anything that has massive brand value at stake not only just the 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 stake itself on the network um you minimize the the risk the potential risk of anything nefarious happening in the while you're in the process of decentralizing but you also give a chronological history from the genesis of the network as to how it became decentralized and why and where and with whom and 
that is something that I believe Hedera can lay claim to that very few other networks can actually, you know, open their books up and say, hey, this is how we got to where we are. Now, do I know when, you know, things are going to go to trusted community nodes, which I think are, are supposed to come come online shortly? I don't know exactly when. No, I don't, I don't know how long that will take. And I don't know how long it will take between that and going to fully permissionless nodes and anonymous nodes. But that is happening. And once that happens, Hedera will be one of the only networks in existence, decentralized networks in existence, that you can sit there and say, I know exactly how this is decentralized. I know exactly what its state is right now. I can I can implicitly trust this network because of all of these, these features, functionalities, and safeguards that have, have been put in place to date. Whereas with a lot of other networks, you know, even, even some most notably like Ethereum, like there's a few there's a few mining pools or or uh, stake pools that control the majority of of the network if they so chose to. Now I'm not saying they would. It obviously wouldn't be in their best interest or anyone's interest for that to happen. So there isn't there is an economic disincentive for nothing bad to happen, and I don't think anything will. But if we're actually if we're actually looking for which networks are are legitimately decentralized. I would argue Hedera is one of the most decentralized ledgers, distributed ledgers in the world already. Um, and not only that, it's transparent about how it is, is decentralized for anyone and everyone to see. Whereas with other networks, I won't go into details, but like you really just don't know how those networks have been, have come to be decentralized or if they even are. Yep. Right. And, and that, that becomes a, that, that becomes, that does become a problem, um, especially as more and more value gets placed on these networks. Because the incentive to then do something might outweigh just sitting tight and not doing that, right? Yeah. And so that that they've basically taken that off the table from the outset, and and I think that that is the right thing to do, and I think it will, it, you know, it will only pay dividends down the road as as people are looking for a a performance secure ledger to build on. It's just everything is is that Hedera seems to do is about best practices and and forward thinking like they talk i know they talk about the 100 year company um i think that that is the right mentality to to have um in terms of how you're going to architect something for the long term if you want it to last yeah absolutely i love the kind of scaffolding idea um and, and most networks don't start out fully decentralized from an, uh, a a kind of no point of view so oh. It's the governing council themselves at the moment, the 29 companies that are responsible for the consensus. Um, and we spoke a little bit off camera about this, uh, and, and, and you've just um, sort of gone into a lot more detail. Decentralization is quite a buzzword, and it's quite a, a word that is completely misunderstood. Whenever I make a Hedera video or an article, I always get a lot of comments saying, oh, well, it's centralized. And I always, I'm just like, whenever I prod that, sort of um, remark a little bit deeper. I say, well, what do you mean by decentralization? Oh, well, there's only 29 node operators in comparison with something like Ethereum that has thousands or card or whatever it is. Sure. Okay, yeah. so from that point of view, and Hedera have never hit, hidden this, you can hold your hands up and say, okay, that, that's true. What, what part of that, that's a very small part of maybe this whole scope of decentralization that is where are your nodes running from? Most um, proof of state blockchains have a real concentration in terms of the servers that they run their nodes on, and also the supply of 
the underlier token that these big staples have. Hedera doesn't have that. So it's more decentralizing them in that aspect. So for people to say that Hedera is centralized, it's kind of a half, you know, it, it doesn't, it, there's a lot of ways to look at it is what I'm really trying to say here. And I know there, you've there, there is, there is, I think, and we've been touching on most of this now for the better part of an hour. Um, there's a massive information asymmetry, I believe, in the market. There either, either, you know, um, a wanton ignorance to it or just, just a complete lack of awareness. I think, I think it's, it, it, it's both of those things simultaneously, but there is this massive asymmetry of, of information out there because by and large, a lot of people still don't know, like as much as, as, as many strides as, as the network has made, as many people know about it, there's just as many, if not far more that, that don't or haven't been initiated to the benefits, features, functionalities that, that the network holds. And I think in a, in a world where everyone were to be cognizant of all of the things that you and I both know about Hedera in, in contrast to, to, to other ledgers, Hedera would be on the tips of most people's tongue. It, it just would. Yep. Um, and, and, and I think we're just at the early state. Like we're, I mean, the network is, is, you know, almost five years in now. Um, and I think that we've just uh, like the network's just starting. Yeah, like I view it as it's still in its infancy. It hasn't even really taken its first steps uh, in 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 the sense of. And granted, the entire Web three space hasn't taken its first steps, frankly, because there's no use cases running at scale that are, um, you know, actually running by an independent organization that's got a a, a fully fledged use case. Um, outside of you know DeFi and and things that that people are doing and, and running, but nothing significant at scale yet. I think that will change in, in, in the coming years, and I think the narrative and the view uh, of this information around Tendera will become far more widespread and known. And when that happens, I think there's going to be a pr just a proliferation of use cases and functionality um, that that we haven't seen to date in the space, the entire space. Um, yep. I think that Hedera will bring that to the table. And that's one of the biggest things for Hedera. I know we've talked about this a few times, but like this network has such a flexibility and permutation to it that it's not just about the financial aspect. It's, it's so many more things, um, so many more sectors and use cases and, it's really just the Lego blocks are all there. The building blocks are all there. And it's just a, a matter of time and awareness. And and people are going to 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 pick the network up and, and love it and, and start building some really cool things. And I think the space needs that. The entire space needs that. We need and and even if like this is why, you know, it's it's not a zero sum game with any of any any other ledger out there. Like we love all different distributed ledgers because if one of them ends up being successful and proves viable for for certain things, what does that do? It brings it brings more folks into the space, gets them understanding the value proposition of what we're all doing here, and and furthers everyone. So Agreed. so it's it, 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 it's not about one over everyone else. It's about just like we're doing here again. I I, I talked about it. Like we're on we're on you know uh, one of these video conferencing calls. It enables collaboration and cross communication efforts and, and all these sorts of things um, that that we need to have 
you know, in a, in a dis decentralized distributed manner. And I mean, back to sort of Hashport for a minute, we've taken with, with Hashport, if I can just touch on it, we've taken uh, Hedera's governing council method in terms of the validator set that we have for, for Hashport. So there's nine validating members on Hashport, but they're all very well-known organizations um, that, that are all, um, you know, have, have a vote for these, these transactions that get, um, bridged across, across the platform. So, you know, we have the HBAR foundation, Polygon, uh, Galaxy, which is, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's, yep. uh, social media, new social media platform that, that just got released. Um, WorldPay, uh, stable node, Animoca brands, uh, Lime Chain, BCW, um, just, you know, very well-known brands within the web three space so that there is that visibility and, and awareness of, of who is authenticating transactions. I think, you know, with, with interoperability solutions over the past couple of years, there's been something like $3 billion that have been compromised just from, just from interoperability Price solutions. It. So, yeah. so I, I, you know, security and, and, um, functionality, um, go hand in hand, but at the same time, as you ratchet up functionality, you also ratchet up attack factors. So with Hashboard, it's really about security and doing executing the one thing really well th that we can do, which is ensuring that assets stay remain, uh, you know, remain locked on 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 the bridge as they get moved to and fro, um, and with with as little fanfare as possible. Um, and I think that's that's sort of what you need. Everything doesn't need to be glitzy and glossy in the sense of um, what you're doing if it's a fundamental process that just needs to happen in, in, in the background. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, with that, we're also, um, the the platform itself um, is also working on its own native Oracle service, right? Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, called Axiom. Um, which, uh, you know, it's working with, uh, it's, it's more enterprise focused currently. Um, but I believe Ropay just, uh, announced that, at, uh, token 2049, um, that, that they're leveraging that for their, um, uh, proof of reserves, uh, use case that, th that they're currently developing. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, so th th there's just lots of functionality that I think that the network still needs and and we're trying to also provide that with with hashport um and you know with our validating members um and over time i think you're going to see a lot more more people gravitate towards uh hedera um, for many of the reasons we, we've already talked about but also all of the features and functionalities that that you would expect to have on a performance l1 for you know with respect to DeFi um and and the building blocks uh so to speak will be there for, for users to use yeah for sure and hashport is certainly sort of um helping that adoption of hedera um with what you guys yeah. are doing and I'd, I'd really like to dive into hashport in a little bit more detail um sure. it, it's very interesting because the governing council I, I spoke about uh a little bit off camera about the fact that my brother is in aberdeen to aberdeen university studying finance and i'd mentioned that one of the hedera uh, governing council members is aberdeen who I think used to be Simple uh, Life, and they are the largest asset manager in the United Kingdom. Um, mm. The really interesting thing there was I watched an interview, I think it was from Walker Williams, and he had essentially um, interviewed Duncan Moyer about 
what they're doing. And it's not just Aberdeen, but every council member, I watched a similar one from Dell, and I believe you sent me one as well. Um, they're all actively looking to integrate Hedera into whether it be tokenization, whether it's DLA Piper's TOCO, which is working with uh, Quarter Homes, which I mentioned, tokenize things. It, it's very... Um, I don't think there's any other blockchains or crypto projects that are in that position, you know, with, 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 with those kind of players. Before we move on to Hashport, can we talk a little bit about the HBAR token? What is it used for? You know, where, where does that find itself in everything? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the token itself is used as a, um, a gas mechanism. For, for the network, it's how you pay for for transactions. Transactions on the network are paid in uh, HBAR, yep. um, and it's just basic. It's just basically the, the 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 fuel for for the network. So as use cases uh, scale and, and as more activity develops on the network, uh, the use of HBAR uh, is is required. So um, it's really just to enable uh, the functionality. And, and in addition, um, its its secondary role is obviously to secure the network. It's a proof of stake network. Of course. So the asset, the 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 asset or the token itself um, needs to be held uh, by by people that are validating the network, right? Yep. Um, and and so that's how you you get that um, that trust, that functional trust that, that you're looking for with, throughout the network um, is by by holding it. So it's 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 twofold. Um, you know, it's used to to enable those use cases, and it's also used to to secure the network. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and, and and certainly that's going to become, we know with these big brands, they're not likely to do anything to jeopardize their reputation, but you spoke about uh, trusted public nodes and then anonymous nodes, you know, that kind of economic incentive to be um, true, to be fair, to, to, to not be uh, nefarious, you know, it, it is there. I think that the economic incentive of proof of stake is, is quite a great design. Um, is there anything in particular right now we spoke about a whole whole range of things that's really exciting you uh, that's going on with the sort of uh, Hedera ecosystem? Is there any one particular thing that you, you you're like, wow, this is you know phenomenal? What I mean, there's probably so many of them, but just one that you can think of before we move on to Hashport. Yeah, um, I just think it's the the again, it's the breadth of use case development. It's the applicability across so many different industries and sectors uh that 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 um hedera lends itself so well to that i think is very exciting because i think as you're saying right um like with with toco and aberdeen and you know all these other governing council members um which i believe mance has spoken to mance the, the ceo uh, of swirls um that incoming governing council members now have to come in hand with a use case that they want to build we're beyond the point yep, of just I saw that. The, the network's beyond the point of just adding council members for the sake of adding council members, which was great and and provided early functionality. But now it's about, well, do you have a use for this? Do you understand when you're coming in the door? Do you understand sort of the way we understand how how these things line up in, in terms of value um, and being able to potentially run some some really interesting use cases? And I think getting them primed in that way is very exciting as well. Because they yeah. come in the door ready to do something, right? It's not just a, to, it's not just something that's an abstract thing that that they're like, oh, this is interesting. Like let's let's observe. It's like no, no, roll up your sleeves, try and build something, see what comes out of it. Because you might come up with something really cool. And I think that's again, that's the the big 
aha moment that that I don't think the space collectively has had yet, right? The space at large, as well as Hedera. I mean, the day you get a independent organization building that scale use case that either saves them a, a ton of, of, of money or makes them money in a different product line or enables something that they couldn't do before, it suddenly just shifts instantly what you are going to view as the standard for the space. And it also forces other organizations or competitors or peers to reevaluate. Yep. What is, our, what, what, yeah, what, what is our distributed ledger strategy? Because if we don't figure this out, yeah. we're, we're in deep trouble. We need to get this done overnight. How, how are they doing this? It's kind right? of like the internet, yeah. right? Yeah. People needed I mean, to adapt. And, and, and I think distributed ledgers, no different. I, 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 we really focus a lot on um, actually looking at Every major institution from where I'm sitting is, is if they're a major, major institution, they're exploring and, and, and have some idea of what's going on. And I, I listened to someone from Citibank and they were essentially saying, who recently just came out and said they're going to tokenize their deposits. Um, and they basically said that right now there's a real barrier between the floodgates opening as a result of regular, regulatory unclarity. Yeah. And I think that this is one of the big features that is – stopping that aha moment right now some people are, are, are probably gonna you know maybe do it without the regulatory clarity but once you get that regulatory clarity i i don't even i can't even imagine where this space is going to be you know it, it's just it, it it's extremely fascinating to uh to think but i think you're totally right um could we now move on to hashport you mentioned hashport a little bit yeah. how did you come across hashport what's the kind of uh, uh deal with hashport yeah, that's that's um, how I essentially uh, ended up in the space full time. Yep, I was coming aboard to, to to become the director of business development for for Hashport. Obviously, I had been very um, uh, enmeshed within the Hedera space for a very very long time. So understood the value proposition, understood what what they were trying to do, and and obviously the value of having um, a primary bridge um, to connect to other uh, distributed ledgers in the space. Um, and just, you know, um, across the board, uh, I understood what, what, uh, the value of, of, of operating and, and running this is. And also if you haven't been able to tell by now, I'm very, <laughs> very passionate about talking about Adara. So it just naturally lent itself well, uh, to, to, to me taking that role. And so, um, you know, over the past uh, couple of years, we have been working to, um, you know, increase the, the ability for, users or platforms, dApps, services, anywhere, everywhere to come onto the Hedera uh, public network um, for whatever ledger that they, they currently may reside on. Um, we've had a few instances of that already um, where, where applications that are existing on uh, other ledgers that um, might their use case might not have uh, taken off the same way that they had anticipated or hoped for a variety of reasons, whether that's performance um, or, you know, different uh, features or functionalities not being available to them like we've been talking about you know be it fairness of ordering or security properties etc um we've actually had some of them migrate across um using the bridge uh, and then just recently uh, one of the one of the platforms dovu um it's a, a carbon credits uh, marketplace for for decentralized farmers to be able to cultivate their lands and and uh, get reward rewarded from from actually um being good stewards of, of their farmlands. Um, they've just recently reissued their, their token natively on Hedera after Brilliant. their 
spending the process over the last couple of years of, of migrating back across. And we think that that, I mean, use cases may end up doing that or, or dApps or platforms may, may end up doing that um, for the sense that we're connected to 10 other networks. We're adding new networks all the time, but in having a native Hedera token service token, um, it's very easy for them then to branch out into other uh, other networks and, and um, groups of people to to uh, expand their platforms. And, and it's very sort of seamless back and forth, creating the, the representative token for them on those other ledgers. Uh, yeah, for and, sure. And back and forth. And then having users come back in onto Hedera if they, they really want to use all the features and functionalities of those platforms. So... Yeah, it's it's uh, exciting. It's exciting to be at the helm of being able to do that um, and and enable platforms to to do that. So, um, you know, we're we're always looking to to work with uh, ecosystem partners that that need those different uh, functionalities and features of, of the network. Yeah, and what networks do you guys currently facilitate? You mentioned there's around oh, about geez. ten. Yeah, now now I'm putting yeah, you right on the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't, I mean, don't worry, we'll leave a link to. I can I can I, I, I can go through a lot of them. I mean, there's um, Ethereum, Polygon, BNB, Avalanche, Optimism, yep. Arbitrum. Oh wow. Aurora, Moonbeam, um, and and a few others that huh. that, that we we are going to to be integrating as well. Um, ready for the but, mass migration over to uh, well, Hedera. That's, that, 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 that's the thing is being able to enable platforms anytime they would like to come across and leverage leverage you know different services and functionalities of the network to be able to do that or to migrate their their um, platform base onto the network. I think over time, given the the value proposition of everything we've been talking about, given that Hedera's uh, Pretty much got full EVM equivalents now. Um, there's um, there's going to be very little reason not to come to Hedera to try and 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 build your use case because it's just the most performant network that there is out there. Yeah, um, especially like, if you've got like, a like real I was world saying, like guys. since 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 January of this year, um, Hedera has been doing more transactional volume than pretty much every other ledger combined, and that's just from a few use cases. Like it's 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 got the performance robustness. Um, to to handle these use cases um outside of the um you know hiccup that that happened in in march uh with with um something that has since been i believe uh patched obviously um okay. in terms of in terms of how the the network was um uh i believe there was a race conditioner or something okay anyway it, all of that has been solved but the network has never gone down as a result of performance or bottlenecking or an nft project launching and yep. there being someone trying to Ordinals. the network right yeah. or yeah or etc so um the the network is is robust in performance and Brilliant. and i think i i think as performances i've i've seen you know with with any any ledger out there um far and away actually um, when you really boil it down and so i think it will be the place one of the places to be if not the place to be to to build a performant at scale use case moving forward yeah Again, it, it, it's just back it's just back to being aware of the, of, of the features and benefits that can be had to, to to come across and do that and i think that's why i mean one reason i was so excited to get you um there's a number of reasons why i was so excited to get you on but one of them was your sort of breadth of 
Hadera knowledge, you know, you, you, you've been around in the space for a lot longer than most. I think a lot of people are now warming up, but I really do think we are going to see that migration, mass migration to Hadera because it's just fit for purpose. Um, and it, it really is fascinating to kind of, you know, you mentioned that Hadera has never really had other than one hiccup, which wasn't really to do with necessarily the consensus. You actually can't even say that about Bitcoin. A lot of people don't know that Bitcoin's actually had a few hiccups in its history that are very quickly sweeped under the carpet. One was actually a double spend um, bug that was found by a Bitcoin cash developer that could have got very ugly if he didn't go straight to some of the Bitcoin devs and, 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 and get that fixed. So big thumbs up all around for Hedera. In regards to Hashport, what are you guys looking to do moving forward? You know, we spoke about the mass migration. Are you guys looking to bridge more chains? What's the kind of what's the kind of vision for you guys moving forwards? Yeah, um, you know, more more features, functionality, networks. Obviously, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's about bringing value to and fro where, wherever that goes to to enable more activity um, on on the network. Which I think to to our conversation here, I think a lot more people in the coming years are going to be aware of it and 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 looking to do that. Um, being able to offer the ability to easily leverage um, the the platform, um, so we um, we are going to have a few other additional functionalities that we're going to be announcing very shortly that are going to make it a lot easier to both on the front end and back end leverage the bridge. Um, whether you're a DAP or a builder or someone who who just needs to leverage the service um, in, in an abstracted way. Um, so, so just being able to lower those barriers to entry for users leveraging the, the the bridge and the services, I think, bodes well for obviously bringing in more users and volume um, to the network. Obviously, um, working with with enterprises and council members um, with their their given use cases that that require an Oracle service, um, leveraging the the Axiom Oracle. Um, that's going to be a, another area that uh, I think is going to become more and more prevalent. Um, there are several other outside of the world pay use case. There are several other uh, use cases that are being developed with with that Oracle service in mind. Um, and so I think over time, those things will be announced once uh, people or obviously when, once it's appropriate to do so. But I think that is going to be that's one of the pieces and components that has sort of been missing in the ecosystem. By and large, um, it are, are Oracle services because that uh, obviously holds together a lot of other of use cases and functionality for other networks, which I think ultimately um, Hedera will have just you know the same abilities and functionalities that all the other networks do. But then that'll obviously garner more interest and attention for for building on the on the ledger once once that does happen. So it's really about doing the things that, that we've already been doing and, and expanding out features and functionalities where we can to add additional value um, for users. Um, yeah. Our tech team, our, shout out to our tech team. Our tech team has been, been absolutely great um, at, at adding continual value to the platform um, th throughout its history. Um, you know, they've added a, a complete metrics page for the, for the platform, searchable transaction histories, all sorts of very, very good creature comforts for users wanting to, to migrate um, block confirmation counter. For, for when you're coming from other ledgers and you need to wait for those blocks to yep. confirm, nerve-wracking, yeah, to be to be relatively certain that uh, that your transaction has been been successfully brought across. Um, so yeah, just just stuff like that where it really helps users out and lowers the barriers to entry. Because at the end of the day, it's it's about 
balancing out that information asymmetry and making it as easy as possible for for users to find the network and come into the network because that that, that ultimately leads to to further adoption and development on the network yeah absolutely i think that one thing uh, you know, me setting up a MetaMask for my grandpa, you know, it's like there's a portal in the in the room, you know, it really is quite an experience. But you talk about UIs, you talk about um, things need to be easy to use for people to use them. People don't like doing things that are hard. And, and, and I think Web3 is going through that kind of renaissance. And you guys are certainly well ahead of that um, curve. What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave a link to where you can find out not only your own socials, but also uh, everything to do with Hashport. Um, because it, I think it's going to be key, certainly in what I'm sure me and you both believe is going to be quite a, uh, a mass migration over to Hedera. Um, and I'm certainly dedicated, and I know you are, to really sort of, um, I don't really want to use the word educating, but getting the word out there on Hedera, uh, because it is nothing short of impressive, fit for purpose. And we've only touched on some of the things, you know, I, I want to really emphasize that. And I'm going to have to get you back on Jesse for a part two. I can already tell, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's so much more going on here and these little facets of things that we've just briefly touched on can be expanded on to orders of magnitude from what we've, we, we've sort of dived into in this video. Um, so Jesse, it, it, it's been a real pleasure. The, the last thing for me to really ask you to do is, is to give people some advice on where they can find out about yourself, where they can find out about Hashport and anywhere you want to direct them uh, before we love and leave you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if users want to use the, the bridge and, and come across to Hedera, it's just hashport.network. Um, same, same for the, the Twitter handle if, if, if they, um, want to find us. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to, to reach out, uh, directly across the messaging, uh, for Hashport, they could do so if they, they'd like, a, a their, their platform or token integrated, or they, you know, like to discuss features and functionality. We're always, uh, open to, to, to collaborating and working on things. So happy to, to discuss anytime with anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to have to get you back on, certainly with the updates that are going on with uh, Hashport as well. Jesse, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad that we finally got this um, brought together and I'm really looking forward to getting you back on very soon. Thank you very much, Jesse. Pleasure for having us. Thank you.